Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Fast Break with Brad. Coming up on today's episode, the end of an era in San Antonio, Dwayne Wade takes his talents to Chicago, and the NBA decides to pull the 2017 All-Star Weekend out of Charlotte. All this plus much more on today's Fast Break podcast. But first, after 19 incredible and record-breaking seasons with the San Antonio Spurs, Tim Duncan is retiring from the NBA. The big fundamental, as he's known across the league, will go down as arguably the best power forward to ever play the game. The first overall pick in 1997, Rookie of the Year, five-time NBA champion, three-time NBA Finals MVP, two-time league MVP, a 15-time NBA All-Star, 10-time All-NBA First Team player, and the franchise leader in points, rebounds, blocks, and games played. In a decade of in-your-face fierce competitors such as Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, Kevin Garnett, Shaquille O'Neal, and many others, Tim Duncan was the anomaly. He was one of the most dominant players of his time, but he went about his business in a different way. He seemed to have the same calm facial expression whether he just dunked on someone or nonchalantly banked in a shot off the glass, which was his trademark. Tim Duncan was the nucleus of one of the greatest dynasties in modern sports. The San Antonio Spurs have been the perfect model of how a franchise should be ran. Not to take any credit away from R.C. Buford, Greg Popovich, or the dozens of coaches and other front office executives that have been a part of the San Antonio culture, but Tim Duncan was the perfect player for this franchise. He was a true leader on and off the court. The other day I was listening to the Vertical Podcast with Woj, and he had R.C. Buford, the GM of the San Antonio Spurs, on and he told a story about a time that Tim Duncan took the heat for a mistake in film room so that one of the rookies wouldn't have to face the wrath of Pop. Little things like that off the floor made him one of the most well-liked and respected players in the league. Seeing a legend called a career is always difficult, but one thing you can say about the way Tim Duncan stepped away from the game was he did it his way. For example, look at the farewell tour we just had for Kobe Bryant. Every game, every city, The attention was solely on number 24 and watching him perform his craft one last time. In the case of Tim Duncan, it seemed to be after every season people were saying that this was it. He's going to retire. And year after year, he just came back with another chance at adding another championship. There was no farewell tour, no special ceremony before every game on the road. He simply left the game in the most typical of Tim Duncan fashions. He finished the season, waited past the playoffs, past the draft, and basically past free agency, and he wrote a one-page, two-paragraph statement thanking the fans and the organization for their support, from his humble beginnings in the Virgin Islands to being the template as a San Antonio Spur, Tim Duncan will go down as one of the all-time greatest players in NBA history. And next, I want to get to some pretty surprising news out of Miami, and that is Dwayne Wade deciding to leave the only franchise he has played for 13 seasons and head back home to play for the Chicago Bulls. I say surprising because you can never picture Dwayne Wade playing for any other team in the league. Yes, we heard rumors that he was showing interest in other teams, and that he and the front office was far apart on agreeing to a deal. But come on, this is The Flash. We all knew that a deal would get done, and that he, much like Dirk Davinsky, would never play for another team. But it seemed he didn't really have much of a choice. A few days prior to signing with the Bulls, Dwayne Wade tweeted out, Relationships are important, people. Obviously, Pat Riley did not feel the same way. 
Over the years, he had asked Wade to take a pay cut time and time again so that they could make room for players such as Shaquille O'Neal, LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and most recently, Hashawn Whiteside, who re-signed with the Heat on a four-year $98 million deal this summer. Dwayne Wade had had enough, and so he signs with Chicago for two years, $47 million. And now that Chicago Bulls team we just talked about a few weeks ago, starting to look a little bit different. With a new point guard in town and John Rondo, Jimmy Butler is the man in charge now that Derrick Rose is shipped off to New York. Joe Kim Noah left for free agency, so did Paul Gasol heading to San Antonio. And then you add in Dwayne Wade. We're not sure how good the Bulls will be next season. We can guarantee one thing. They'll be really fun to watch and really interesting to see how well these three players play together on the floor. In other news, the Houston Rockets had renegotiated a contract with their star James Harden, keeping him there on a four-year, $118 million extension. Locking him up for the seeable future, now that Dwight Howard's shipped off to Atlanta, how will this team look next season, and how successful would they be with Matt D'Antoni at the helm? One of the biggest topics for the NBA as a whole in the offseason this year was figuring out a way to stop the hack-a-shack calls we see night after night in the league, especially in the playoffs. Well, they've come up with sort of a solution. The new NBA Board of Governors approved a new rule regarding the deliberate hack-a-shack foul calls for this next season. The new call basically states that a player that is fouled intentionally and falls under this category will receive one free throw and the team will receive the ball as well. I don't know if this will fix the problem, but I sure think that it'll make it a little bit different for teams to strategize on how to just get the ball back and earn more possessions than the other, especially if when you foul that player, that team is getting the ball back. So not a home run call by the NBA, but I definitely think this will make teams think twice about the hack-a-shack. The Philadelphia 76ers made news recently when they offered Manu Ginobili of the San Antonio Spurs a two-year, $30 million contract to sign with them instead of re-signing for basically the veteran minimum with the San Antonio Spurs, forcing the Spurs to up their offer. The Spurs were planning to offer Manu Ginobili a one-year, $3 million deal that would give the Spurs enough flexibility to re-sign a backup center to take the place of Tim Duncan and after they lost Bardianovic to Detroit. The San Antonio Spurs ended up re-signing Manu on a one-year, $14 million deal. Basically, the 76ers forced the Spurs to triple their offer on Manu Ginobili. Pretty crafty there, especially coming from former assistant head coach Brett Brown, the new 76ers head coach, who Manu Ginobili had considered playing for in Philadelphia. And the Portland Trail Blazers re-signed breakout guard C.J. McCollum to a four-year, $106 million max contract offer. Big news considering that McCollum was not expected to be a free agent until next season. The Blazers go out, they lock up their guy this year so they don't have to deal with it for the next season, and now they have Damian Lillard and McCollum locked up under contracts for the next four to five years. The Blazers are a really great team. I like the way that they're growing each and every year with Nick O'Shea as the GM. The Trailblazers also matched a four-year, $75 million offer sheet that their Brooklyn Nets had planned to use on Alan Crabb. So now you add the fact that the Blazers have Crabb back, McCollum, and Lillard locked up for a while, and they go after a guy like Festus Zeely to fill out the gap in the post. Look out for the Blazers to have a really good season next year and get back in the playoffs. And we'll continue to see this team grow. And some big news coming out of Cleveland. The Cavaliers extend the contract for head coach Tyron Lue on a five-year, $35 million extension. 
Not bad after being head coach for half a season and giving the franchise their only championship. It's said that Tyronn Lue will make around $14 million more with this current contract than his whole career as a player. Which basically, the only thing we really remember from Tyronn Lue as a player was when Allen Iverson crossed him up in the 2000 finals and stepped over him so disrespectfully as he did. Tyronn Lue, much better fit as a head coach. It'll be interesting to see how they continue to grow and will they shuffle off the team a little bit as we've already seen Matthew Delvadova leave and Timothy Mozgov as well. So going forward, how will the Cavaliers maintain their level of success, especially when it comes to facing teams out west like the new Golden State Warriors? And finally, without any movement by state legislators in North Carolina to change the newly enacted laws targeting the LGBT community, the NBA decided to pull the 2017 All-Star Game and its festivities for the weekend out of Charlotte. The NBA has announced that it is focused on New Orleans as a possible replacement for the weekend on February 19th. While there are also still a few other cities trying to lure in the All-Star Weekend. The issue centered on North Carolina's House Bill 2, a law that mandates that transgender people use public restrooms corresponding to the sex listed on their birth certificates. The law also admits the LGBT people from North Carolina's anti-discrimination protections forbids local governments from winding the LGBT protections and excludes all forms of workplace of discrimination lawsuits from North Carolina state courts. Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan had been counting on All-Star Weekend as a signature event for his franchise, and the economic impact of losing the All-Star game for the franchise and region promises to be dramatic. Big, huge, bold statement made by the NBA here, pulling the All-Star Weekend out of Charlotte. Adam Silver and the NBA has made it clear that when it comes to any form of social change, and whenever there's an issue that's brought up, the NBA is always the first league that steps forward to promote change. You have to apply what the NBA is doing here, and I can't wait to see hopefully this law get changed and we can get the All-Star Weekend back in Charlotte because I really do love the direction that the Charlotte Hornets are going in, and you have to feel for that city right now with their team getting back into the hunt last year in the postseason. You really want them to get as much exposure as they can and breathe some life back into that city as an NBA town. That's going to do it for today's Fast Break Podcast. Remember, you can check out new and archived episodes in iTunes. Also, we're now available on Stitcher and Audio Boom. Make sure you're always following us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest updates. We'll see you next time.